And now, Kyle and Steven present another episode of the Go F*** Yourself podcast. Um, it's Fix. Really? Well, that's embarrassing. The Go Fix Yourself podcast. Welcome to the Go Fix Yourself podcast. I'm one half of your hosts, Kyle. Sitting across from me is the ugliest co-host I've ever seen in my life. God. (laughs) Steven. Yeah. Here I am, ladies and gentlemen, just fully (laughs) barren it all for everybody. You know, sometimes I feel like you're getting too cocky. Yeah, and so you, you got to bring, bring me down a few notches. Bring you got to neg them. Yeah. That's what they say. You know, neg them. Yeah, you know, you throw out the the negative uh, oh, yeah, compliments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I guess it's not saying. a compliment, but yeah. you know, whatever. No, 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 it's good. I feel it. You know, you got to burst my bubble every once in a while. I I agree. I think we all need a yeah. little humbling. And to be honest, this guest really humbled me and realized oh. I was not a singer. Ever once Love in my the segue. life. Love the segue. <laughs> we had on our buddy. Yeah. A new buddy. Well, yeah. I mean, I had actually never met him before. Yeah. And you. Have- I, I, th- here's the thing. I met him once, but only because I was behind the camera. And Actually, no, I met him twice. But both times I was behind the camera. So I really didn't get to know him. So didn't really know him that m- well either when he walked through the doors. Yeah. So our buddy, Ed Washington. Yeah. Cause now, now he is our buddy. He's our um, best bud. We had we had you know Nick Carpenter from Medium Build on uh, a while ago now, um, and he was like, "You got to get Ed on. You got to get Ed on." And so uh, I messaged Ed. I think that week, and then so kind of got pushed, kind of got pushed and pushed and pushed, and finally we were able to get him on and get him in the hot seat. And man, I, I love the guy. Yeah, it was just I that- fell in love with him. Uh, I I actually got to stumble across some footage of him performing just yeah. recently at the Nave, I believe. Nave Spinar yeah. or something like that. And, yeah. you know, what's kind of cool is I'm so out of the loop because I'm just, I'm old. Yeah. I'm, you know. You're a family man. I'm boring. Yeah. And, but yeah, checking out that show, I was like, dude, this is, this is happening. Yeah. And he was singing. You had Nick there. So I was just that's like, man. I mean, and, and that's the thing. I, I talk about it on this podcast, but I mean, I remember the first time I saw Nick and I saw Ed, right? Because they're two amazing performers and they really stick out to you because they know what they're doing and they are doing it really, really well. So we were just honored that Ed took time out of his day um, to come over and talk with us and we talked for a while it was a good podcast man I, I'm, I'm very excited to release this onto the masses yeah we talked to i mean all sorts of things about growing up finding music producing and learning that in college yeah. and just performing and just the whole gamut of being a musician i think it was a really good chat and without further ado here's our episode with ed <laughs> We're stoked you're here, so thank you for coming on, dude. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, I've been a fan for a long time. This was pre-COVID. I remember the first time I saw you. Um, I was a little drunk. I was at Willow Walk. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was rolling solo. I think I might have just finished a show, like uh, filming a show or something. And I remember you were on stage, and I was just blown the fuck away. 
I had never seen you. I never heard you before. And this must have been, it had to have been 2019 because it was like pre COVID. Pre COVID. Okay. Yeah. Was I solo or? uh, I think you were the band. Okay. And, uh, but like I said, I was drunk. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but I remember, <laughs> I remember going upstairs and DJ Spencer Lee was playing the speakeasy upstairs. Now that kind of dates okay. it too, cause he hasn't DJed in a long time. Right, yeah. And so he's like, Hey, you know, what's going on? I was like, dude, I, I, I am, I am blown away <laughs> right now, dude. I was like, I am, you got to come downstairs, take a break and come downstairs with me and see this guy that's on stage. And so he came downstairs and he was blown away too. <laughs> so that was like my first uh, like every like time ever seeing you or hearing you live, and man, you're phenomenal. Thank you. Let's talk about music, right? right. So, like, how did you get into it? You know, because you do a lot, right? So maybe back up a little bit. Um, tell the people who don't know you who you are, what you do. Um. So my name is Ed Washington. I'm an Anchorage based. Singer, songwriter, producer, um, multidisciplinary. Yeah, <laughs> an artist. Would, artist would be the best. I feel like the best encapsulation like, of yeah, that yeah, umbrella yeah. term. Yeah. But I, I, I love like everything, and there's so much business intertwined in the art form that, oh, like, yeah. that's a part of me too. So I, I say businessman business too. Ooh, I like yeah. it. All right, a business artist. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man, because I listen to your music, and this is, like, something that, like, I think we were stoked on with, like, Nick, too, because mm-hmm. we had Nick on the, the podcast, and you guys are buddies, mm-hmm. and it's, like, w- you guys are making music with, like, you know, with Quinn and, like, Up and Coming, St. Dion, like, you're making some good music with, like, good local people, but it doesn't sound like it's from Alaska, mm-hmm. it, oh, yeah. and I think that was one of the things when we were in bands we were like, well, we don't want to record in Alaska because you can't really have a good sound and it <laughs> sounds local. We had to, we always went out of state to record, but like you guys are doing it. You're, and you're making this like big sound and you're putting like this big production behind you and you're doing it in Alaska, I'm assuming. I'm doing all mine at home. See, that blows me away. Dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess part of my mission is to kind of get us a little more pride in the shit that we make here, you know? Yeah. And oh so my gosh, I love that. So people can be like, yeah, that was made here, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of really yeah. amazing talent here and a lot of people that have poured into me and inspired me like, uh, James Glaves. Yeah. Um, Nick Carpenter. Um, I, I never called him JG. JG? Yeah. <laughs> I never called him that before. In just, just, popped it, just popped in. You get a nickname all when JG. you call yeah, JG. I've never heard that. Yeah. So, like, uh, um, he hates it, by the way. Right? <laughs> I know, yeah. right? I, guaranteed. Yeah. Um, JG? That's what he called me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, from Quinn, Nick, James, um, yeah. St. Dion. Hus, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. I'm not, but um, not yet. I believe you though, because like yeah. just even showing like Nick was our first kind of, mm-hmm. um, I would say I don't even want to say like indie music, but like different. He was our, he was our first musician. 
yeah, I mean, he yeah. might have been like in Guess just showing was. my like, like I show my wife all the time. I'm like, we're having this this person on tonight mm-hmm. or whatever, and she's like, oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and I have this like preconceived notion with like local music mm-hmm. that it will have sucky production. Like oh, just yeah. growing up yeah. in, in like, because it's always like the cheapest like mm-hmm. garage band, mm-hmm. like no knowledge behind it for the most yep. part. Yep. Like growing up, mm-hmm. and then when you're hearing this stuff, I'm like. Dude, this is good. And then I even showed her your stuff like before we came here. And I was like, we're, we're interviewing this guy tonight. And she was like, oh, that's lovely. And, and, and I think it was jaded or something like that. Oh, that's and, so nice. And it's just like, you're right. There, there is like this, it, it just doesn't sound, it, it sounds bigger than Alaska for sure. It just sounds like a bigger, it could be on the radio yeah, or, or yeah. seen anywhere else than here. Because yeah. I don't know, Alaska just has that is getting rid of that vibe, but yeah. it is like what I, we kind of grew up with is. And uh, I think that's one of the things that fuels me as an artist is mm-hmm. like, uh, for the longest time I was like, I have to get the fuck out of Alaska. Mm-hmm. I have to get out. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'm working on my craft, but I'm like LA, New York city. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm coming baby. Just matter of years. I'm coming. <laughs> but then like, I started thinking, I'm like, man, why don't I bring that here? Why don't mm. I like try to like cuz I'm a filmmaker, right? Why don't I try to make films here? Why do I have to go out? And then like also like foster a community here, mm-hmm. right? And like build something here. I think that's super powerful. And then like show the kids that are growing up like you know, the younger us, mm-hmm. right? Being like you can fucking do this stuff. You don't need to leave your home state to yeah. do this. And so I think that's really cool cuz you guys are doing that already. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not easy. Like, I bet it's not. I think when you're trying to elevate something or really push for a level of professionalism in your hometown, it is hard. Sure. Like you're I doing grew up that here. Hasn't been done. Yeah. Which yeah. is always hard. Yeah. yeah. And I grew up here, and it like I think. People f- kind of forget now, but like when I was in college, this was like all folk, all like maybe yeah. jazz and rock. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so there was a lot of glass ceilings that, like, I don't really talk about it, but that I felt like I had to just hit my head up across, you know? Right. And um, so to see the scene now and how diverse it is and how there's, you know, venues and promoters and people paying well for even r&b shows yeah. like shout out to arsenega productions um it's really exciting to yeah. see where things can go but yeah it's challenging because like we're walking a thin line between people being like oh you're still doing that thing right <laughs> like oh it's so cute <laughs> yeah yeah God. and so oh, like yeah. i do i feel like i have a constant pressure on me to just like Every year, try to take it a little bit further. Yeah, and try to reinventing and, and yeah, being more creative, mm-hmm. man. And that's I think that's always like the struggle for creatives because you put that pressure on yourself too. Mm-hmm. It's not just like everybody else, but like you know, you're like, oh man, okay, well, how can I be better? How can I do this better? And I think that's the beautiful thing about beautiful thing about a uh, creativity, yeah, and the creative process, mm-hmm. and being a musician, being an artist. Um, and that's one of the things I love about the creative process. Um, it's just like it has to always change. It can't mm-hmm. be the same, or you just get stagnant and you get bored. Yeah, you burn yourself out, like we were just talking about before we hit record. Um, but like, how did you get into music? You know, because you you're very. Um, 
like uh, I hate to say it again, sorry, Kyle, multidisciplinary he's artist. A, he's an artist. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but you you do a lot of things. So you're saying yeah. producer, but you also mm-hmm. are amazing pianist. Wow, thank you. That's nice. Dude, yeah, I mean, I don't consider myself that, but thank I mean, you. all right, here I practice. I took I took like. <laughs> Couple, several years of piano, right? And mm-hmm. my mom's a pianist, and she's she's amazing. Mm-hmm. But I am not to the level of like, and I and I still, you know, diddle the diddle ivories. the ivories, <laughs> diddle the ivories every yeah, once tickle in a while. Yeah, tickle the ivories. Yeah. And, uh, oh, tickle, yeah, tickle. Yeah. God, yeah. Damn you said it. diddle. Yeah, <laughs> they, they actually uh, don't Uh-oh. prefer that term. <laughs> you diddle the ivories. Yeah. My bad, my bad. Hot take. Uh, the FBI just got me on a watch list all of a sudden. Um, he said the D word. Uh, Diddle them. Yeah, so I mean, like, you're, you're, I, I, I truly believe you're an amazing pianist. I mean, how did that come about? How did you start writing songs? Um, because, you know, you, you do covers, but you also do a lot of originals. Yeah. And so that's not easy. You mm-hmm. know, coming from, like, two musicians who, are, like, who wrote originals, it's, like, mm-hmm. not always easy. Yeah. So how did you get into it? Um. Well... Like compl- like from the start, you want from the start. I was born like nineteen in- eight. <laughs> well, okay, so I grew up in a musical family. Um, that helps. That helps. The church thing can come in here. Like oh, I, I grew okay. up in church, but I didn't necessarily sing in choirs. I was a very shy kid mm-hmm. growing up. So um, music for me has always been like a up until now a very personal practice. So I there was this old video home video my dad has of like me rolling around in my diaper and i'm like just singing a song and for some reason i really connected to that because i was like damn this kind of feels like me now like i was just in my own world it wasn't like a imaginary like friend sort of situation but it was like i was creating a little song yeah in my own world and then i kind of flashed back to like after church, my aunt had like this upright piano, and I would get like a good five minutes of like playing it. Didn't know what the f- hell I was doing, and you my- can swear. Okay, cool. I, I wasn't I, sure I what type of show sens- this was. I think I just sensed you. But yeah, I didn't know what the fuck censoring. I was doing. And my yeah. my uh, cousin would just always come up and be like, all right, not today, not this morning. <laughs> We've and, had enough. Yeah, right? And <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it was one of those houses where it had to be absolutely quiet, but they had a piano. Yeah. And mm-hmm. of course, as a kid, Irony. I wanted to play. Ding, 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 ding. And so that progressed. Um, and my aunt... She's passed now, but she used to go around. She used to work at the Boys and Girls Club, Mountain View Boys and Girls Club, and she did, um, like, she had, like, a singing program. She would teach these kids, like, vocal arrangements, acapella arrangements and stuff, hmm. and that progressed to, like, doing Christmas carols. And then that that evolved into, like, a family thing. And so for, like, years, my family would go around – around the holidays and just carol at like hospitals and um shelters and stuff i think we even got on the news once it's probably around in the archives somewhere (laughs) but like so that was my start and it was just like just vocal music and then i went to school um in virginia for one year that was when I was my first time, like, kind of itching to get out. What kind of school? Um, this is Old Dominion University. It was not for music oh. whatsoever. What did Actually. you go for? I was studying psychology at the time. Oh, nice. oh. Mm-hmm. very interesting. Yeah, I was super fascinated by people, the brain, yeah. stuff like that. I I don't think 
I lost that with music. I feel like there's a lot of psychology that goes into being a performer and like mm-hmm. creating songs. Mm-hmm. But um, so I went out there and I got to meet some amazing people. And that probably could be the start of like how you're saying like the sound. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. The sound doesn't necessarily sound like it's from here, even though it's from here. Um yeah, I met a lot of really cool people there. Um, there is this there is this organization called the Independent Music Association. And it basically was just a bunch of kids that love music. Some of them had I think there was like a production major at the school, but some of the kids just like liked making beats, liked making yeah. singing or whatever. And you yeah. would come there and it was like a forum almost. Like you would share what you had and maybe some people would give feedback on the mix. Some people would give feedback on like what you're, you know, how you produced it. Like, you know, I I wish the drums would have came in a little later. I wish the drums were layered better. I wish, you know, like, yeah. so I started to learn a little bit about the technical terms and there was some... One time a kid came over that was, like, interning for Timbaland. Mm. And I'm coming from Alaska, like, (laughs) what the hell? (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, right? And, of course, the, like, I listened to some of his beats, and the drums were just crazy. Um, I had to name drop, but I I met Masego there, if you're familiar with his music. Let me pick that name up for you. (laughs) Right? And, like, so I just have these memories of him, like, longboarding across campus. And, um... So, like, getting to be, I feel like creatives are, like, little worker ants, and we all brush off a little pollen on each other. Oh, I like that visual. Yeah. And so I went and got a little pollen, then my funds (laughs) depleted (laughs) quickly after one year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then I came back to Alaska, and I caught the music bug, and I was like, okay, I got to finish school because my dad says I need to. And, um... The program here was very much classical when I came in. Yeah. And over time, it started to, like, we, there was a few pop kids in the UAA. This is at UAA now. Um, there's a few pop kids in that program, like me, that was like, I want to learn how to sing, like, ah. And they're like, well, we don't do that here. Yeah. and But toward the <laughs> end of my program, things started to change. There was, like, a glee club. And um, that was super... Were you part of the Glee Club? Dude, I was a part of the Glee Club. You could probably find videos of me, like, oh, doing choreo yeah. and singing acapella. Oh, heck yeah, yeah. dude. Oh, to, like... Uh, we're going to post that. That's our social media yeah, for this right? week. <laughs> <laughs> like, Starships by Nicki Minaj. And, oh, hell like, yeah, dude. We'll find Full it. on, yeah. <laughs> but it was good. Very much like the TV show. Gotcha. But then you learn, like, the importance of... The importance of like harmony and like blend mm. and texture and so yeah, I learned so much and I kind of just infuse this like classical stuff that I learned and then you know the gospel stuff that I learned in yeah. my upbringing and you know this rich harmony stuff that I learned with Glee and I took that and then I started to go out into the world which was just Anchorage yeah and. Um, then I started to meet really cool artists that wrote originals. Mm-hmm. Like the first time I saw um, Medium Bill play, I was blown away. Me too. Where was it? Um, mine, cause I mean, uh, I saw Nick play by himself with his red guitar, mm-hmm. Taproot. <laughs> James was doing sound, mm-hmm. and like that's the first time I saw him. And I was, uh, same. I was mm-hmm. like, 
what the hell was he what is right? he doing by himself on the <laughs> stage like for on an open mic like right yeah i think my first memory was i want to is it Matanuska Brewing? They changed the name already, right? But that no. was like are you thinking the, the one in off Eagle, of C Street? It, yeah, the one in Anchorage. The oh, one in yeah, Anchorage. Yeah. yeah, I was there. It used to be that, right? With and the, they with, did a show. Was he with a full band and James and, and? Yeah, I think it was the three piece: James, Greg, and Nick. I think I was there. Mm-hmm. I was in the back eating a burger and drinking beer. He was drunk again, dude. There, <laughs> right? There was people just like that's crazy hanging out. Just yeah. I think I remember like Cat Moore just like sitting somewhere, like uh, like on a perch though, like above the rest of the audience, and like sounds like Kat. it was packed. We, we need to get Cat on. That'd yeah, be good. she'd be good. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, um, she's a great person. Um, but yeah, the music was crazy. I remember. Um, I was like knee deep in my weed habit at that time, so I'm like smoking outside. And I'm like, damn, they sound really good. <laughs> <laughs> I should get in there, <laughs> like, yeah. But I'm I'm gonna finish the half of this joint first, and then um, I went in there and I had my mind blown because yeah. I had never heard or seen anything like it, and I think that kind of stayed with me, and that inspired me to like want to write originals and like really i i had already been writing originals but like taking it to that level i think a lot of alaskans may not have been like what you're talking about like there was like you guys aren't lying there yeah (laughs) there was many eras of like music that i don't know could have taken a little more time yeah or whatever (laughs) like you know i don't want to shit on them but like that like hearing those songs was just like, wow, you can yeah. really do this, and you can do this in a very big way, in a way that, like, really can touch people. Yeah. In and your, I think that's in your what... city. Yeah. I think that's the mind-blowing part. Yeah. It's like, we didn't grow up like that. We, mm-hmm. And like, like I said, I felt like I needed to get out as mm-hmm. soon as possible, like, even from a little kid. Yeah. So I was like, I just need to get out. Alaska mm-hmm. doesn't have anything for me. Yeah, so that that's cool, because I was there that show, and I remember... I mean, it wasn't my first time seeing Nick, but it was first time seeing the band, mm-hmm. and I remember being mind blown as well, which yeah. is crazy. We were in the same building. That was a long time ago. But actually, no, it wasn't that long time. That was pre-COVID, maybe like two years before. So, I mean, like, that that was the, the pivotal moment that really was like, y- you were like, oh, I should start writing songs. And that was because, like... Or performing. That had to been, like, 2018, songs. 2019, maybe? It all... I met... I felt like I kind of, like, just... I came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> yeah, and baby. Like, so, like, I came in and, like, I met them. But through meeting them, I got to meet, like, this whole scene. Like, yeah. um, you know, Jesus... And Layla from Kitty Wake, like that crew. I We've been like- banned from the music scene, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> our, 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 our music has, wasn't good enough. You know? Okay. Yeah. So there was, like, right right before COVID, there was this sweet spot that the, the music scene had kind of come to. And yeah. there was a lot of really creative folks. And we all just got together and we were doing shows and just doing a lot of pre- creative programming, whether it be at the museum. We did this really cool show at the in Talkeetna. Uh, Seed Lab was doing a lot of stuff. And oh man, I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this is ringing a bell. 
Yeah, and so I think that was like, oh my god, I found my people, yeah. and these people get it, and That's like cool. we don't mind playing dress up and like yeah. going out, you yeah. know, like and putting our best foot forward and really going balls to wall to the wall with the art and i think that's really what it took to make people start taking this thing seriously mm. i think also like yeah just having people putting up crazy numbers like you know yeah. nick or quinn winning that um yeah, competition small desk. i think yeah, all cool. of those things tiny desk tiny desk <sighs> i corrected Kyle. myself yeah. Sorry. small desk <laughs> all of those things start to build you know a bit of pride here yeah. you know because like, yeah. that that person came from here you know yes and um think, and then also people here like we can do that too you know i think like uh and maybe correct me if i'm wrong like the first band that i when i moved up here from new york i was like ugh, ugh. because I, I wanted <laughs> to be a musician back in new york and i mm-hmm. just saw my life and i came up here and i was like oh nobody's come out up here and then i found out 36 crazy fist and i was mm-hmm. a big metal boy right i was a big metal fan and then, like, you know, years later, Portugal the Man. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, this is kind of cool. Yeah. But that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then now. What about Jewel? Well, oh, I don't count her. <laughs> I don't count she her. She doesn't count. I don't count her. I did see, I saw Jewel at uh, Salmon Fest. Uh-huh. And, like, she's a great musician. Mm-hmm. And I love her her intro into pop. Um, I don't even know her songs. Oh, bro. Yeah, that's the only one I know because it was like on MTV and I was like, you know, kid uh-huh. watching MTV. Save yourself or something. Does that Jewel even one. claim us, though? Like, I think she does. She does, but does she even live here? I don't know. No, no, she doesn't live no. here. But I know for a fact, like, you know, the 36 boys, yeah. some of the 36 <laughs> boys do, and I know for a fact Portugal the man does. So it's like, that was kind of cool to see, but then all of a sudden, like, you know, like that crew that you were just talking about mm-hmm. slowly starts to come up and build mm-hmm. that thing we were talking about in the beginning where it's like, you know, hey, guys and girls, like, you know, coming up in Alaska, like, look at us. Like, mm-hmm. we can, you can do this here. Right. And you don't need to, like, move out of state. Yeah, I think that's the main thing because, like, you look at those two big bands that left; they both made it out of Portland, mm. and like that's the kind of cool thing with you guys and Quinn, like making that tiny desk, you know, thing. It was like, holy shit, you can do it! You don't need to leave your home state. Yeah. And that's like, if that, I mean, I'm gonna, I could preach that till I die because I think that's so beautiful mm-hmm. because I didn't grow up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you might go out there and spend a lot of money and be real broke and not, like, not to discourage anybody from going. No. Um, we can talk about it, but I actually was planning on moving. Like you, this son fall. of a. B- I'm just. Kidding. I know, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I um, was planning on moving too before yeah. COVID, but like, yeah, that I think that because it is there. It is tough in some ways, but like in other ways, it's really great. And I yeah. think like we're so we still are like we get stuff behind. We're like analog yeah. in a digital world. Sure, and um. I'm seeing artists embracing TikTok and just jumping yeah. over everybody. And it's like, right. yo, get on get on TT. TikTok man. is here. Like, yeah. just do it, you know? And like, so there really is no excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could just create content uh, and po- boost that content yeah. and yeah, well, I, make it I don't happen. mean to poo-poo moving, just FYI. I do. Uh, no. <laughs> you son of a well, bitch. We, we are hemorrhaging creativity. Oh, yeah. right. Because I, I think that there are a ton of, like, even of the people I named, that's just a small portion. Right. There's, like, um, like Janie Green, Ralph Castilli. They, they were out in L.A. I think Ralph may have moved back. But, like, talent, especially if they don't feel... Um, 
like they're being served here or seen here, especially if their yeah. sort of music isn't being represented, then you got to get out. And yeah. I respect it because, like, it's it's really tough trying to cultivate something here. And people are just looking at you like, oh, wow, that's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Nice hobby. I get that. Yeah. yeah. I get that a lot. And oh, I'm like, it's not cute. It's my life. Well, I think even Nick was alluding to this when he was on the podcast was like, you can always move to like, everybody was like talking about LA, Seattle, Portland, all mm-hmm. these, these where the you're cool. going to be the, the small fish in the huge pond right. mm-hmm. where millions of people are wanting the same thing you you're right. doing, but with the access to social media and, and, and all the online outlets, like it's sometimes better to be the kind of medium fish in a medium pond, like, <laughs> yeah. because it's just, you can grow so much quicker because you don't mm-hmm. have to stand out from 940,000 yeah. mm-hmm. other people doing similar things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, I think he even said the story that he wasn't even the best musician at the grocery store he worked at. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, and so it's like, yeah, when you're in mm-hmm. Nashville, I think is where he was, if I remember the story correctly. But right. but the point still stands. It's like being here gives you that, that room to grow, especially if you're doing something unique. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's why a lot of times we've stayed here. I made I made this video. So for every day in March, I made a video a day, mm-hmm. and so a lot of there was like five videos that I really loved that came out of that creative time, and it's like basically me telling a story voiceover. Mm-hmm. And one of the second one I came out with, it was the biggest one of the month, and it was like why I love Alaska, mm-hmm. and it's like basically you know towards the end of the video, this is too many video, but it was like saying like opportunity mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunity here yeah. if you have the 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 um you know the the gum uh, what's the, the gumption the gumption the yeah. go-getter yeah. attitude yeah to oh, kind of like yeah. you know feel it out and get mm-hmm. it um like uh, as a filmmaker i'm always like saying like if i was if i had moved when i wanted to i would still be struggling yeah but now here i am like trying i'm still you know, self-employed and like all that stuff. And so there is a lot of opportunity here in Alaska for like creative people yeah. because we need it. We want it. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, I was kind of being like, oh, it's cool to, you know, see people in Alaska doing the cool things. But there is that wall. You hit that ceiling. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that point where it's like, um, well, I've done everything I can and mm-hmm. I'm still playing the same shows. I'm still playing the same things. Like I want to grow. And there, that, that I think that's the, that's the beautiful thing is like you've you've taken it as far as you can. I've learned what you know Alaska has to offer, but now I'm going to take it and go somewhere else. Yeah, and so that's where you're kind of feeling a little bit, kind of like uh, that's out. what I felt. Um, and I I don't know I didn't wasn't I don't know if I was sure that I had taken it as far as it could go. Yeah. Um, because then I would be really hopeless right now, yeah. right? <laughs> who know, who does know that? Yeah, right? I, know. I peaked. Um, I peaked. Right? Yeah. But um, I had I had already caught in the bug. My brother lives out there, and he um, he's a working musician, and mm-hmm. so I occasionally I get to fly down and where where is that? L.A. LA. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like I'll get to hop in on like a session or something and it's like, oh, I can hang. Yeah. I, can, yeah. I think I could do this. And like I get some decent feedback from the people in the room and like I don't know, through being a creative, you learn how to fill people's responses and whether or not you're 
hot garbage or not. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, and it was like, yeah, okay, yeah. they they kept some of my takes. They, yeah. you know, like yeah. in the studio or whatever. Cool. Um, and so that was affirming, and I guess I took it as a sign. All right, let's go. Yeah. Versus like. I can bring that back here. I can, you know, some of the techniques I learned or something that could be implemented in the things that I'm creating here. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the right answer is. I do think, like, when you go to a bigger city, a lot of times people's sounds change. Their, mm-hmm. you know, the vibe changes. I get that. What becomes important about the music might change. And I felt that being there. Mm. Um, the stuff... I'm pretty personal. It's like a journal entry type beat with me, you know, but out there it might be a little more abstract. I feel like the stuff we were creating was more like abstract because that could reach more people in some ways, you know? Gotcha. And so, but learning that was good yeah. because I can add that into what I create. Cause I think, um, we are a little hyper personal here in yeah. our music. Mm. Do you do you feel like the the pull the pull to leave could be based around like at least in in when we were doing music, you had and still for a lot of bands, you have to tour. Mm-hmm. You have to tour to get your name out there, build numbers, mm-hmm. sell merch, all these things, and and, and essentially build your fan base. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, Nick was just on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is that something that you still want to to attack and co- kind of travel, or do you feel Hell like yeah. you can do that from here? Um, yeah, I love playing like shows, yeah, new people, new traveling, venues. Yeah. yeah, that all, yeah, yeah, as the shit that's been my dream forever. Um, I used to just write it or whatever, you know, like I want to be able to travel mm-hmm. and I want like music to be the vehicle in which I travel, sure, and so. Whether that was when I was younger, I wanted to be like on someone else's tour, mm-hmm. singing backgrounds and stuff. But now that I'm writing my own music, I'd love to do it, doing my own music. I'm, like, I'm doing it for me. Yeah. I'm doing my <laughs> shit. Yeah. 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 But um, you got a couple of backup singers right here. Yeah. Just turn my mic off. I can dance though, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but Alaska's, Alaska is huge. Yeah. Yeah. You can tour here. And oh, there, for sure. There are yeah. people yeah. that do it. And they're busy all summer. Yeah. Look at Blackwater Railroad. Mm-hmm. Like that, they, I don't think they, I mean, they do it in uh, like Maui and they have a few tours here and there, but like they consistently play during the summers mm-hmm. and they make good money. Yep. As far as I know. I mean, I don't know like what they're getting paid, but I'm like, yeah. they're questioning it. But because I think that's also like this sound a lot of people want to hear. Right, like we couldn't like my band, a metal band that's like, you know, like with a screamer, we can't go play like Creek Bend and Hope, you know, mm. we can't do that stuff mm. because people, because what we've had and we've talked about it on here, like tour stories where like people were like, yeah, cool, you're from Alaska, hell yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like we start playing in our first song, goodbye, <laughs> everybody leaves, really, oh, oh dang, man. dude, we 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 talked about this uh, in a, a recent episode, but it was like. We were in Vegas, mm-hmm. and it was like we were playing this biker bar. We, I mean, we didn't know we were in we were in Washington booking the shows, 
And then literally, you know, everybody was so excited to see us. The promoter was jacked. You know, we have a girl singer. So it's like, it's a female night, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden we, we played one song and the, it was a packed, like packed bar. Mm-hmm. Everybody just went outside to go smoke. And Damn. That, yeah. I think it was the second. Cold-blooded. <laughs> it was either the second or the third song. But, like, the promoter, who is now yeah. pissed. Uh-huh. Like, you can see it on her face. Like, uh-huh. she did not look up our music and understand Damn. who we were. And she came up. She comes up to us. She's like, one more song. One more song. So, like, th- I think we played three songs. Damn. So, we just went on the Vegas strip that night. And yeah. Out, you know, like. That's that was like a lot of our tours. <laughs> that, that's part of it, though. Like when you're, uh, I mean, you need that. You need yeah. oh, you need God. rejection. Oh, oh yeah, man. you know. That's yeah. How you, oh, we have. Oh, yeah. There's there's plenty of that going around. Should we talk Alaska. about our rejection stories? Oh yeah, oh. I'd love to hear rejection. Yeah. Okay, so my high Who school reject you. My high school girlfriend. Uh, I was singing in the car, and I was like, "Oh my God!" Like, I'm just like in the zone singing runs and stuff, and she was like. You sound like a dying cow and oh, just like oh laughs God. in my face. Yeah. I noticed I the kept singing. Girl- yeah, I was gonna say ex girlfriend. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh right? Oh my god. Kept going. Jeez. Oh wow. But yeah, Put that your heart one out there. Yeah, that one was like ooh. That one hurts. Yeah. 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 I mean my God. Did you did you progress in your singing? Like, were you maybe like? I stayed at dying cow level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I just ran with that and doubled down. Judge, yeah. yeah. So I, if people like you people know, are like committed to making sure you don't start a career in music. Well, that's true. Yes, people want to save the you downers. from yourself like yeah. early on. They're like, you, sh- you sure? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah but yeah. they don't realize like everyone starts off sucking. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, for sure. Even people that are like good. Well, I don't know. There's some people that are just gifted and like at, as kids they have perfect, amazing pitch. Well, and, yeah, but like, but that usually, doesn't mean success either. Though. Yeah, yeah, but like, even if you can do it, like you can do a bunch of vocal acrobatics. Maybe you do too much because you're young, and, mm-hmm. you know. So there's still your youthfulness will come out in some way. Yeah, and um, so yeah, that was that was a good time. I also <laughs> was in like college circles where like. People would just laugh or whatever, like, yo, you f- you fucked that up. Like, yeah. this part, this, you're flat. You're, you know, and I needed that. Oh, wow. So, like, being in the Glee Club and all this, um, especially the style I was singing, I don't think there was a ton of melismatic singers around. So, like, everyone's like, oh, my God just choose one note and you know and what's funny now all over everything social media tiktok everyone's doing riffs and how many 80 notes can you hit in one thing you know and so um i'm glad i stuck to my guns but that's part of like when you're in a small town that's not necessarily tapped into what's culturally kicking right now and like but you have the internet so like my head was somewhere else musically and I just had to keep sticking to my guns and keep learning, and I'm still learning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But people don't always see the vision because a lot of it is what you imagine, Yeah. and you got to start to materialize it. So I that's a time. I think that's the, the fun part of seeing those people transition and being like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. Oh, you're doing it. Oh, right. fuck. Like right. those people that can kind of come on board, you're like, I got you, bitch. Yeah, I right? Got you. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, the people that... W- 
used to laugh or used yeah. to think it was a joke. What's that ex girlfriend's yeah. like, yeah. name? Yeah. She's getting called. Right? <laughs> Let's Man. call her out right now. We'll call her right now. And you'll sing <laughs> yeah. What's her number? Yeah. Right? Uh, no, but that is fun because, like, well, it's not fun at the time when you're getting, like, right. negative feedback because it really does, like, put doubt in your head and all mm-hmm. these different things. But, like, at the same time, I think that does build you up and, and somewhat callous you because mm-hmm. you are going to, res- even if you're great, right. you are, if, especially yeah. if you're great, mm-hmm. you're going to have more haters than you can possibly imagine. Oh, yeah. And so I do think those little kind of like the negatives that you'll uh, encounter are good for you just yeah. because you're like, okay, you know, I can bounce back from that, you know, yeah. even though that one really hurt Megan. Yeah. I'm never forgetting. <laughs> no, if her name was then, Megan, that would be, a, that'd be crazy. Right. That would be crazy. Eddie Stallion. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Oh, her. Her. Yeah. I dumped her. Yeah. You know, yeah. I had to let her go. No. Overrated. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that definitely helped get, get my skin a little thicker. Yeah. And, one, like, realizing, like, no, this is for me. Yeah. And mm. I think I had a lot more of that early on. Sure. I think once you start to get a little more um, attention for what you do, then there's a tug of war that happens. Mm-hmm. This Is this for me or is this for the people that I want to listen to my shit or, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever? And so, but the best stuff is always the stuff I've... I make for me. Mm-hmm. And so the challenge is keeping that and and keeping that alive. But yeah, it's funny. I've, there's a ton of people will say the darnest things. And I think as I got older, like I realized it's more about them and their insecurities. Than, oh yeah. yeah. Than you. Oof. So, man, that was a good lesson that you yeah, already learned. Yeah, for God sure. Damn. Dude. I, uh, I feel like it took me a long time to learn that. And I feel like, you know, my, my wife's an, a life coach. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I still am learning that mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, man, like, oh, I just now now I need to work harder to make them like this product <laughs> I was making because mm-hmm. they didn't like it the first draft or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, it, it, it really do you like it? Well, yeah. Well, then that's all that matters. And it's like yeah. it's one of those things that like I'm still I feel myself still learning so many years later. But I think it's a it's a that's part of the creative process, right? I think, and I think that's a, a huge part of like us as artists. I think that's the fun. It, well, it's not fun sometimes, but like it's the the, the things that you learn. You like you come out at the other end. And you're like, oh my god, I'm a better person because of this. Yeah, and my my products, the product I'm actually producing is better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I what I'm fascinated about is the creative process in general. Like. Ooh, do you have a ritual that you go through? Like, you know, you said earlier that you were like journal entry into the songs. Mm-hmm. Like, is that kind of like something you do? Like you just journal every day. Um, how do you write your Dude, songs? Dude, I wish. <laughs> um, like, yeah. What, what's the process to write a song, an original that you just started? I feel know, like doing? I'm still formulating the process. Mm. For me, it, it, the best easy, like the, when it's catharsis, that's the best. That's the best kind, and that just feels like I'm a giant antenna that's just channeling something, and it just yeah. comes out of me. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. like okay, that was cool. Like, um, I have this song called "Turning Around," and I don't know. I could kind of, to me, it's more like a prayer than a song, mm-hmm. but like that just kind of like came out of me 
and it was like at the end of writing this album, Stoicism. And um, I remember my fiance like came into my room or the studio at like 5 a.m. and was like, what's going on? And I'm just like crying. And she's like, like hugs me. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so corny right now. But like, <laughs> listen to this song. And I play it for her. And like, yeah, like I haven't had a ton of those. Like, I feel like those moments come, they don't come so often. Like, they used to come more when I was younger. I feel like I was just more tapped in and, like, Less in internet. Yeah. That's, that's my theory. Because I feel like... <laughs> Less internet? Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like I was, like, super creative. And mm. I always carried notebooks. Mm. I was always writing poetry and yeah. song lyrics and ideas for short mm-hmm. films in the future. And then, like, I feel like the internet or the phones came around. TikTok yeah. killed I stopped it. doing it. I think it's also, like, again, like, having people pay attention to you. Like, I was listening to... The Andre 3000 um, interview with uh, Rick Rubin. And just uh, seeing... Broken record? Yeah, just yeah. this monster of talent. Talk about how his insecurities now, that, like, everyone's already g- given him the GOAT card, and he really only has one solo album, you yeah. know? Like, and... And he's done a ton of stuff, but, like, just hearing that that can really affect someone at that level yeah. in the game... You know, and he's someone who inspires everyone. So right. it's just like, damn, okay, I really got to keep, I have to be mindful of this and not let it get to me in that way and not drink, what is it, drink the Kool-Aid or oh, buy yeah. into the, mm-hmm. like, you can't get lost in the sauce. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, and so anyways, that moment, that's a process that I have mm-hmm. where it's just coming there's other times where I'm like, like in front of a mic, just like punching in and like feeling it, and then there's you, you, writing. Like for people who don't know, like the music process. So you make a beat, mm-hmm. and then you just go into the studio and like you'll hit record and just kind of riff over that beat. Yeah, kind of how it works. That's how I first started, uh-huh. and and like so maybe it's maybe I have a line, maybe I have a bar, maybe I've already thought through a full verse. Is that like? I've seen a lot of people like I know I know Logic will just go into the studio and just be like, yeah, he'll just like he'll basically scat uh-huh. and then just like okay, all right, and then record it and uh-huh. then be like, okay, this line just came to me, this line mm-hmm. just came to me. Is that similar? Like kind of like you would just be like, and then you'd be like, ooh, I can put this lyric in there. Mm-hmm. That was awful. And I apologize <laughs> for that for people in the room. It'd and be in my see. head, like, sound like a dying cow, right? Yeah, you yeah, yeah, dying yeah. cow. I've got something. Yeah, yeah, but like worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just with that kind of writing, it's usually melody first, mm. and you know it's interesting. So start. Like, I started doing that in at my house in, like, high school slash college. Just, like, melody first. Then, it like, I would get lyrics. And I'm not even recording. Usually, I would have the lyrics before I start recording. But then when I went to L.A., that's all they did. They would farm the melodies. They would... So, like, you would sing a ton of passes of just melodies over stuff. Repeat, repeat. And then they would Frankenstein, like, oh. whole sections of songs out of it. So I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Like, this thing that. that I thought I was just doing is actually, like, a very, like, well, like, that's how they crank out songs yeah. in, like, an mm-hmm. hour or two out there. And so 
that was fun. And it kind of reminded me of that process that I do myself. I'm like, okay, I could do it that way. I honestly, I feel like I'm in this like uh, transitional period where I am starting to like, okay, what's my process this time? Because I like to sit and write too. Mm. And I think um, you can tell which songs are the ones where Ed freestyled (laughs) or Ed wrote (laughs) or Ed, you know, like, and so, and I'm embracing that because I think, each of those have their time and place in a, in a record or um, in people's playlists, you know, mm-hmm. or in their lives. Mm-hmm. So when you're sitting down and like in the studio or writing and, and you kind of mentioned in passing, but like, do you like have a drink or anything or smoke a little to kind of put yourself in the zone mm-hmm. to like write or record? Or is there like that part of the ritual for mm-hmm. you? I, so, I, not always. Way to call him out, Kyle. No, no, he could say no. (laughs) No, it's real. I I used to sit and just smoke weed and, like, the stuff would just come out of me. Yeah. And I think that's what got me kind of hooked on, like, having that be a part of my Mm -hmm. creative process. Mm -hmm. Right. And now I'm working on, like, just undoing all that because I don't think that that's... While it works for a ton of people, right? Um, I don't know if it's sustainable for me. Mm-hmm. Just because, yeah. like, even if I'm cooking, like, lyrics-wise or whatever, then it might get in the way of my voice. Sure. Or, um, or I get tired or I want to eat something, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. Um, my relationship with weed has never been all the way positive yeah i mean and i can see it like in a lot of things like when you like 90 percent of people you know mm-hmm. they wake up have to have coffee mm-hmm. and if they don't have coffee they don't operate right the same way and it's like we're all kind of scared to like see what we're actually like without like enhancers mm-hmm. or or yeah. whatever we usually do and so i could see that if it's tied to the creative process that you're doing it's like well if I don't have that, I got to, you know, is that going to affect it in a negative way? You know, right. you hope it affects it zero or in a positive way, but right. that's got to go through your head if you're trying to not mm-hmm. do that. And so I've always wondered that because, I mean, vices and music have always been kind of tied together, especially. The yeah, that's what, <laughs> like, I mean, that's, that's what they say. Yeah. That, yeah. And I mean, right. it, it's like the whole rock and roll lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Is. Drugs and rock and <laughs> yeah. roll, baby. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. I've just always wondered, I mean. I think for a long time I was trying, I really was trying to reach musical enlightenment yeah. with, like, weed and psychedelics. And oh, yeah. And I was yeah. just like, mm. oh, my God, like, I'm going to find, I'm going to, like. <laughs> find something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what I made? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We talk about all that kind of stuff. Cause... I made a song called Watermelon Pussy. <laughs> that and sounds please, like my new please, ringtone. Y'all, please look this song up. We will. Um, we'll play it right now. We could, actually. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, that was an acid trip. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> is it on Spotify? Did it make yes. it Spotify? It made okay, it. Give me one Watermelon second. pussy. The <laughs> arrangement is crazy. I I am personally I love it. But uh, it, it what a, what ad- album is it on? That's our uh, Beatles experiment. Was <laughs> water- <laughs> it's this one's on Tesha's. It's for my friend Tesha. Oh. How do I find it? Oh, let me just search watermelon. watermelon. Yeah, you just <laughs> search the name. There's yeah. only one of I was, those. I was yeah. on your your. Uh, uh, well, um, Ed, there's four four versions of this. 
Oh, here we go. All right, let's see if this. Oh, I gotta. You gotta connect to Bluetooth. Hold on, we're gonna we're, cut, cut this. We'll cut the. I was connected, and then I tried to show Kyle a video. Uh, but yeah, there, I think like for some people, if that's the path they choose to take, like. I'm not condoning doing this stuff, but yeah. like pe- people have a journey, and um, I do think that there are things that like it does help creativity in some ways. Oh yeah, I but mean, I think it could become a crutch, you know, for sure. So, oh here we go. Uh-huh. So what was what was your role in the song? We built it from the ground up together with this. With Tessius? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Did you produce this? Yes. You know what's funny? This was like my audition production to start working with Quinn. <laughs> I was like, hey, I made this song. Uh, it's called WP, yeah. by the way. And I was like, hey, you want to start writing demos? I'm like, cool, yeah. So, I mean, it's catchy. For sure. It's catchy. I I don't know why this hasn't become like a TikTok thing yet. I know. It could be. It'll happen. You know, it's really make funny. A TikTok. Yeah. You know what's it. really funny is his mom is our biggest listener. <laughs> she's gonna, gonna be like, love this is, song. She, let's <laughs> hope so. She, she's gonna go and add it to her. She's gonna playlist. be Steven, how do I make this my ringtone? Right. Time? There's this cool vocal breakdown about to come on. Let's. It's not a very long song. That was my favorite part. Then I rap. You rap? Oh. Yeah, you guys. Oh. And this Ladies was an and gentlemen. <laughs> Strap the fuck yeah. in. She got You can hear me chuckling. How'd you come up with the name? I was gonna say, I was gonna say <laughs> what goes through you know what goes through your mind when you're in the the creative zone for that song? You know? So we were drinking. Um, I think she got some like like fancy drinks from some coffee hut, and she had like watermelon Red Bull. Oh yeah, okay. And she was like, "Yeah, I got that watermelon pussy." Oh, uh, and then fuckery and then, ensued. Bing! Yeah, Light bulb yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. I and, got a song name. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, and, um, shut the fuck yeah. up, Kyle. Yeah. No, it's yeah. good. That plus psychedelics equaled that really crazy. I don't. Would that be considered house? Uh, there's a lot. It's of, got this four on the floor. I wouldn't say house. I'm not a like, house fan what, though, and I would listen to that song. What's the jaunt like? House is EDM? like EDM. Yeah, that's what. But I that's would super say. high. That's super umbrella though. There has to be a smaller. Uh, I hate genres. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say just, that uh, they're they're hard to nail down. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I think like it's like same for like hardcore bands because mm-hmm. it's like metalcore, pop punk, heavy mm-hmm. metal. It's like oh god, and like that right. for the for years, my band was like, well, no, we're we're post hardcore, post hardcore, blah blah, and it's pre like, so. <laughs> like, it it does make it easier when someone's like, well, what kind of music do you guys play? And it's like, oh, we play post hardcore. Right, but like there's so many things you're like. Nobody even knows what those guys are after like, hardcore glam rock. Like, it, there's yeah. so much like different, like shoegaze, and like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of uh, I don't know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of words. Um, I'm kind of curious though, for from a producer standpoint, did you mix and master that yourself? Oh, yes, really? Yes, that's really well done. Thank you. So, how did you learn that too? Because I mean, this might be the technical side of things mm-hmm. of the conversation, but like. I think I can I can like make shit right. Mm-hmm. I can put chords on the piano and mm-hmm. then like put drums and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But when it comes to mixing and mastering, I fall fucking flat mm-hmm. because like that's and that's a make or break for a song, right? Mm-hmm. But like I can't do it, mm-hmm. and like I always have to send it out to someone to get mixed or mastered or something. So how did you learn that? T- uh, hours, Just time, but YouTube, like YouTube have, University having amazing mentors too, like. Like like what y'all were saying about um, like this is a place where you can create a lot of opportunities for mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. and it it involves some creation. Like you have to get out there, and so like I remember in high school, like knowing that this is what I wanted to do. So I'd go knock on doors and studios, and hey, could you do you do internships? That wasn't in the infrastructure yet, mm-hmm. so no one was doing internships. But like people were like, hey, yeah. you can come sit in my studio. I play in a band uh, with Levi Betts, but he was at um, a place called Mirror Studios at the time. Mm. I know Mirror Studios. And yeah, so yeah. I tell a story of how I was just like bugging the shit out of them, like, hey, can you please make me your intern? And then eventually, like, I ended up like, they're like, all right, you can come sit in at sessions. Like, I think because this place oh, is cool. old school enough, they respect initiative. You know how, like, yeah. I don't know, like, older men, they really love a guy that's, a young kid that's gonna go knock go on the door. Yeah. yeah, you know, and so they're like, Oh, I respect it. He reminds <laughs> Come me on of me. In. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. was Mirror Studios at? Mirror is where um It's not off Spinard, is it? Well, no, it's Frostline now. It's no, that's the same Oh, it is. That's yeah, the same the same exact building. Rich had or it wasn't rich at that time. Different owners now. Different owners. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so um I was gonna say we what is Frostline yeah. now gotcha. was Mirror Studio. Gotcha. And so that's where I met Levi, uh, who's a guitarist in my band. But um, yeah, he was like one of my first like mentors of mm. mixing, <laughs> and of course YouTube University, yeah. and of course like the experience I had in my first year of college, and then like over time you start to meet people, and like I've I've always had amazing mentors, and that's that's been the blessing of being in this place there's people that are just well some knowledge and um like james glaves for example he's someone i can call up today and he'll just give me like he's not afraid to give out info i think some people are kind of like trade secrets oh this is my (laughs) sauce and i'm like no it's not your sauce like (laughs) jg's got you covered yeah (laughs) Yeah, i got you (laughs) i'll just hit up jg you know um and so jg went he's gonna hate (laughs) saying that yeah and Uh, so we just like and then we start bouncing ideas around and stuff and so now it's like it's just it's fun to me yeah 
it's fun to me. Um, but yeah, I'm always learning. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that, cause like, uh, so I saw you more, the more, one of the more recent ones, I was filming a video for ACA mm -hmm. and you were the headliner mm -hmm. of the summer concert series that night and you had your band. Mm -hmm. How did you go about like finding these guys? Because fucking solid dudes mm -hmm. uh like and i'm you know bass player to bass player like solid bass player guitar player to oh, guitar yeah. i'm like solid guitar player and then i was like i was filming your drummer and i was like holy shit man i was like these are solid guys how did you go about finding because like you know you were saying the you can build a community around you like how did you mm -hmm. start to like build a community but then be like hey come play for me come play for me you know yeah um you played him that song that's exactly this Water is my intro pussy. that's how i got on here yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah um yeah i think it just takes time and consistency um i had to build trust with people because yeah. one i want to make songs like that yeah i want to make fun ass songs i want to like not take myself too seriously and i think that comes out in the music and i think early on that might have been a tough sell but um i think i started to just all of a sudden realized I had a huge Rolodex of musicians mm -hmm. and um, it's crazy. That's the hugest blessing of college. That's probably what every, if you're going to college or considering it, that's all you pay for really is a Music, network. Your network. Yeah. 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 And so like that is a gift that has kept on giving. And um, if you're wise, you'll utilize it, mm -hmm. you know? And so, like, for the longest time, I didn't have issues, like, finding musicians to play gigs, but it was always different musicians every gig. Mm. And that takes a lot of organization and... Practice. <laughs> practice. Yeah. And thankfully, I was playing with very amazing musicians that, like, all right, I can only do two rehearsals, and then we got to go do the gig. So yeah. a lot of the gig, like, the stuff that you saw <sighs> was probably in the time frame where I'm, like, rehearsing with these people, like, two or three times and we're going. And, like, that was tight to say that we could do that. You know? Oh my god, dude! I just got anxiety just thinking. About <laughs> but it's that. stressful, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so then I was like, no, I I would rather have a group of individuals that are really, you know, that enjoy the music and love playing it and want to play it, mm. you know, on a consistent over basis. Over. Yeah. And so, um, Kingo, he actually, we started playing together. Um, and he is Kingo's the drummer. Drummer. Um and. He started playing with us when I started doing... I did a Jazz Fest show. I think that was, like, right out of the pandemic, like, 2020, I want to say. Okay, so not that long ago. Yeah, and I um, actually didn't know him at the time, but the person I was arranging my music started, uh, like, found and compiled a band. And um, me and Kingo just hit it off, and he actually... He just really fucked with the music. I'd show up to rehearsal, and he'd have, like merch on and stuff i'm like damn this guy's really cool watermelon poo, right like, <laughs> yeah where can we get those right. shirts yeah watermelon poo, yeah. i don't know i gotta talk to tesha about that and yeah. we could team up on our pants yes oh. you know the tops and bottoms oh, ask, oh my uh, god. god dude dude that'd be funny um, <laughs> um so so you, you started with with him mm -hmm. and, and did you find yourself like because i feel like being in a band with someone or at least having someone enter into that like very sacred space of like creating and mm -hmm. it's also very like 
open and mm-hmm. vulnerable and you're like, you know, just riffing. Mm-hmm. Did you find that like you were comfortable with him and there's like you can write with him, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff? I mean, like that's the kind of thing that makes my brain go is like, how did you find those people and how does it click so well? Right. Well, writing's going to be like that's the new um or, or horizon where you say, go do on. you write and then do you bring it to the band? Yeah, usually it's just stuff that I make alone and I bring it to them. And like, if it's something that feels good to be played live, because yeah. some some stuff like I haven't necessarily figured out how to play it live. How so? And um, well, like, is like slow or well, it's, 50 BPM. Like, there's a vibe that I want to be there. And, like, so when you're making music with 808s and maybe it's super modal, like, it doesn't have a ton of, like, chordal changes or anything, that can get boring in a live context Mm. if you haven't put a ton of thought into it. Yeah. So like some sometimes the hardest song to pull off was the one with like one or two chords. You know? Like mm-hmm. and so like how do you make that interesting yeah. and dynamic still? Yeah. In the context of a live fun in a live setting. Yeah. Um and so we play with we played with things like that. Um, we recently just brought in a bunch of gear to start like doing recordings. Um, and so we're going to play with like writing, but yeah, ultimately it was just getting feedback from the band, uh, and their excitement helped me feel more confident. Like, okay. Oh, I got like, a banger we, on my hands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got a yeah. show or we got a banger or whatever. Cause like I would play them stuff before I would drop it. And like, if they were like, oh, cool. And it always, like, I was kind of talking about like glass ceilings and stuff. I still kind of feel like I'm introducing people to whatever sound I'm making. Mm. Like, yes, there's stuff out there that might be similar. But as far as, like, this live, playing live in Anchorage realm, people aren't playing, like, trap adaptations of original songs. Like, you know, and so, like, getting people on board that are otherwise playing, like, jazz with, like, 8 to 15 chords or, you know, whatever, and these really complex arrangements or whatever, and then they come into my world and it's about the feeling and these other things hell yeah and um so i'm like if i can get them excited about it then maybe we like then we have something you know and it's it's been so fun kind of just like existing in this space Mm. And not ever knowing how some shit's gonna go (laughs) like you ever bring a song (laughs) to them and they're just like yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, good. yeah, it's cool, man. Nice try. I think yeah. I think I got their trust now. Um, you like you don't even like bring a song to them unless you know they're gonna like it, kind of thing. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I don't usually complete a song unless I think it's good. Mm, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, if I'm not if I'm not compelled to even finish it, then it's probably not. Yeah, it's probably not hitting like I wanted to hit. Right, and um, I I think I've done a good job of making sure the songs are me 
And like if the meanish is shining through, then I think it works. So far. So far. <laughs> um but yeah, I I think I just have a good group of people that around me and it's it's funny. Sometimes the songs that I don't think that they'll fuck with are the ones we're like, well, why don't we play that? Like, like why don't we play one. this yeah. song? Yeah. You know, like um and so that's been really affirming and just inspiring. Cool. And it is yeah. nice to have like a group of friends that like you trust and you can bring your art to, and it's like you can get immediate reaction mm. to. I w- yeah, I their biggest feedback is they want more chords. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they want uh, more. They chords. want more complexity. Yeah, yeah. and oh, so man. well, poor bass players. Like right. my band, we're just I'm playing one string. Uh-huh. I'm playing. I I I can't even get off that bottom string. Yeah, you want to show off Motley Crue style, dude. Just let me diddle. You know, let me. Oh God. Oh God. But you get more like then people are gonna be like that bass player is so good. Yeah. You know, like he's running. Oh man, look at those fingers. Isn't the thing about basses like if you don't notice it? I mean, that's that is right. If I do my job correctly, you don't. It's in the background. I feel like yeah. mixes the same way. Which is a bummer. A good mix is if you don't notice, notice the it, mix. Then it's good. Yep. Yep. Do you spend like most of summertime like playing shows with the band? And then do you find it wintertime is kind of like hibernation writing and like practicing? Or do you still have a pretty consistent show schedule during the winter? Because this has only like inspired me like hearing you talk about like this network of guys and, and mm. Quinn and all of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I feel terrible because Kyle I don't doesn't have any friends. I have zero friends, and I don't make it to a lot of shows these days. Like I'm a family guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like me and the wife got out for dinner like the first time in a long time, like That's nice. two nights ago. Right? How was that? Where'd you go? We went to Sweet One Hundred. You know, Ooh, fancy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like we had. <laughs> this is how much how regimented my life is. <laughs> and let me tell you, when you have kids, it changes. Uh-huh. Is I had my sister over for two hours. Mm-hmm. I had two hour window to make dinner. <laughs> And actually, we got dessert, too. Mm-hmm. Wild scoops. Oh, you crazy son of a bitch. Fancy ice cream, too. <laughs> what? What is the best $10 flavor? a pint. Right. No, no, no. It was six. It's, oh, my. But Are you pint, lactose the, intolerant? The Fancy not, farts, too? Not that I know of. No? <laughs> no, okay. no. Uh, and we had is. to, like. <laughs> not that I know of. So <laughs> yeah, you did yeah, eat no, a pint. No. <laughs> I Shamelessly. I had, I had to drive home because we were okay. running late on the deadline to mm-hmm. get to my sister to let her go home and so i had to eat the ice cream on the way home and i could only get one you know scoop because i would have spilled it everywhere right. i just know but I, I go to woohoo and i i just like give me the large give me the large. woohoo Woo-hoo's you never heard of woohoo fire no. woohoo's the new the new wild, it's scoop. the new wild, wild scoop. scoops has got like it's like the they've got it's the, mainstream yes yeah, <laughs> you've probably never heard of woo uh the, for people that don't live in alaska these are two ice cream shops here uh they're battling wild, wild scoops is like they have interesting flavors, but they're always changing. It's uh-huh. always revolving. Yeah, yeah. Woohoo's got consistent flavors, and they're like more like main, well, more like what you'd buy in the grocery so store. So like a mm, Baskin Robbins, but better. But like kind of yeah. But it's, it's just, like made out of like honey and stuff. It's right? good shit. I have no idea. Where's it at? I know the owner on, got, on keeps Arctic. a gun on his hip, and I think it's so fire. Yeah. Does he? He's like out here trapping. At least when when I was coming over there, and I guess they had gotten like robbed oh. a few times in that area. Don't try to even look at my sense. honey. And I was yeah. like, yo, I was like, he's out here trapping ice cream, like yeah. for real. Yeah. He's like out here. You want the scoop? Oh, wow. You want the scoop? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> but anyway, all of that to say that, like, house. I wish we could like. Be like, hey, there's a show tonight. There's uh-huh. some great musicians. Mm-hmm. Like, let's go watch for a little bit. And I so do text you that. 
once in a very long while. Once in a while. Even, even the other night when you went out and I was like, oh, me and Elisa are going out. Like, why don't you like meet up with us? And you're like, well, I got two hours. I got a window. Well, yeah, you went. You said you were going bowling. You weren't going to a live show. We didn't end up going. Okay, bowling. so shut up. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> besides shows at like Willowa, like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. where else do you find yourself like playing in town? Like, is there smaller clubs that you're generally frequenting, or is it usually like mm-hmm. Willowa size stages and stuff like Vans that? Dive bar. Yeah, there's Willowa. Okay, Vans. Yep. You there. There's Vans, uh, Studio C, um, uh, right behind Woohoo. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, in the Woohoo in area. area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, where is Get some again? ice cream, and it's right off of Arctic. You know, Sarah's trenches. Sarah's sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. It's right there. Yeah, okay. Okay. you'll get okay. to it. Get to it this week, yeah. Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, um, big ice cream guy. There's the nave. What's that? It's like I think it used to be called Church of Love. Oh, oh yeah, that the Alano. Okay. They, oh, right, yeah. Alano. Yeah. Right next to Alano. Alana. It's it's uh yeah. it's a uh, yeah yeah I got where Tapper like mm-hmm. in that area Route sixty six where it used to be where you, Route sixty six yeah yeah be. people are listening are like mm. what the fuck are these guys I'm trying to think where else I'll find a place to but perform like, though yeah Ed, Ed was performing I just talked about myself in third person that's uh, fine on Fourth I, Avenue I was gonna point all, that out I was gonna point that out like yeah. Oh. yeah Stephen wondered about that but it's an alter <laughs> ego though my real name's Edward oh, okay um, yeah so. Like Fourth Avenue though, I was just like busking all summer. I do, yeah. In the heat. Yeah. I remember and then you would do getting harassed. Instagram reels. <laughs> and then there was like this one time where like someone got in your face. Lady called the cops on me before even like saying, like, hey, could you turn it down? She was like, Can you turn it down? I already called the cops. And I was like, Wow. Yeah. Wow. Insane. Yeah. Um There's some stories there, I bet. So did, yeah. but you're playing through the winter, right? Or like, no, uh, I'll I'll out, do some forth, I'll do some but. solo stuff, but I you gotta have an ebb and flow, yeah. Or at least I haven't figured out how to play, 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 and rehearse and all that, mm-hmm. and then still write and sure. everything. So my flow, at least right now, is like in the winter. I like to take some time yeah. to make sense, experience, live, write, Love read. It. Love it. Uh, Take some time. Yeah. And just be, let the magic happen or let the, let life happen. And sometimes it's pretty trash. Yeah. That's okay. That makes for a good story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then hopefully I'll have something to talk about by the time we all poke our heads out in the summer. Sure. Yeah. And I think Alaska is perfect for that because yeah. it has this like built got in, nine months, baby. Yeah. You yeah. get to hibernate yeah. and you like everyone starts to get a little antisocial around this time. Anyway. For sure. Do you have a winter, winter activity that you like to do? Uh, a lot of crying and uh, no. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was too, a skier. Baby, me too. I was a skier for a second. I did cross country skiing and then I broke my shit. Oh. I broke my ankle, y'all. Like, uh, like December, like right before Christmas, too. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Then I ended up having, sur- having to have oh. surgery. Um, but that's when I wrote basically most of. This project that's about to come out. Oh, oh by the way, I have a project coming out soon. Tell us about it. Um, so it's called Hedonism, and it's gonna take. It's gonna go along with the st- the theme that I started with Stoicism. Okay, yeah. Um, and which I thought was really cool because I'm reading Ryan Holiday's 
uh, Stoicism Every Day book. Oh, I have not heard of that. It's just like it's like a basically every day has like a little like page stoic mm-hmm. just, stoic thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's like stoicism every day, like mm-hmm. basically principle every yeah. day. Three hundred sixty-five wow. days. Yep. Of stoicism. I'm a little bit behind. But now, did you pick stoic, stoicism because of a certain reason? I know it, this next one's called hedonism, but it's like what? Why did you call it stoicism? I feel like through. Growing up, and I didn't, I didn't have a great relationship with my dad. Okay. And so I'm just kind of, like, trying different philosophies mm-hmm. of life and just trying them out. And I, to me, I'm such a, I guess, a college boy that, like, each album or record feels like a final project. Mm-hmm. So each of these projects are, like, okay, I tried this thing, and this is how it went. These are the problems that came up. Yeah. Just like, you know, and so, like, I do some research. I don't get too crazy, but, like, you know, I just, for a while I was practicing being stoic. And didn't sometimes I didn't even realize it. I think there's a lot to being... um black in america that like lends itself to being stoic yeah you know and like what specifically like um, for stoicism like i always think of um i mean there's a few different principles that go along with that kind of uh not necessarily being unemotional but mm -hmm. being i don't know they always say like yeah it's not just so stoic but then yeah there's there's negative connotations to both of these yeah, because yeah. hedonism, great. I think of like is really like, bad. I think there's a, a lot movie of with like Vince Vaughn, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what it is, but they're like, ooh, they're like the retreat they want to go to mm-hmm. is oh, yeah, like hedonism, hedonistic yeah. or yeah. whatever, and they're like, ooh, sex stuff. Yeah, right. You know? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shame, shame. So yeah, the idea with stoicism, I, I don't know. I I started doing some research, and I also was like really getting into like. Um, my heritage and stuff and like researching like slavery at the same time and just like how I don't know if you guys have heard the quote and I don't know if it's a real quote but like some pe- people felt like it was better to just like be in the ocean than go overseas to America mm-hmm. on slave ships and stuff and mm-hmm. through my research of like the stoic um, philosophy like that was one of the ones. It's like, yo, at the end of the day, if if it gets too unbearable, you could just off yourself. Yeah, <laughs> and like not Shit. to say it so like. Shit. But I'm like, Heavy. wow, that Heavy. applied for yeah. people that like were faced with like either having like, terrible to be, things, yeah, yeah, tortured and you know beaten and treated yeah. less than human, or do this thing. And either either way, it was a stoic act. Mm. You know, and so um, that kind of was like one of my first um, revelations with it. And then I just started going to my life and like the music industry and how you kind of like there was this recent quote I heard from someone and they were like, it's not good business unless you're like everyone's getting fucked. Right. And I was like, damn, that sucks. Okay. <laughs> um and that does suck. and like being someone who was laughed at for so long. Like I was practicing these things for a while. Mm-hmm. And um so I just yeah, I just kind of was talking about 
that and in these periods of life where I just was trying to be stoic. And I don't know if that necessarily worked for me. And sure. So you went on to hedonism. So I yeah. went on to hedonism. <laughs> what, what are your findings? Well, okay, so I went from, like, not feeling or, or at least, like, acknowledging how I felt and then just, like, whoo, mm-hmm. like, yep. um, and then some really crappy stuff happened to me coming out of the pandemic. I lost my best friend, my older sister, and a cousin. Um, like within like a three month time frame. Oh my oh. god! And just went straight to work because that was my stoic whatever. Right. And it wasn't something I had knowledge of. I just was doing it. Just kept working. Oh. And I realized that I was doing that. Like I listened to like an old podcast, and like it was a week after my sister had passed, and I was still podcasting, y'all. Right. And um, I was like, this is not good. I should, like, try to start feeling stuff. And I think, um, so hedonism was just, like, a period where I think I wanted to feel things, but I didn't want to feel the bad shit. Mm. Okay. So, that makes sense. Yeah, so, so it was just running from pain to to find pleasure sort of thing. And then I think towards the end of this experiment of of this philosophy i found that like the ultimate pleasure is going to be the ones that take discipline Mm. the ones that like take cultivating like love and Mm. family and um what else just honor integrity yeah like like those things that that are this that take a little bit of restraint Mm -hmm. and take like um and a, a level of awareness mm, right. rather than trying to get lost in empty pleasures that ultimately make you want to, like, you have to re-up. Like, I could smoke a joint, but if I want to feel that feeling again, I have to smoke another okay. joint. Yep. Mm. You and know? I'm always chasing that dopamine. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't want that. I've, I want something a little more deeper, mm. richer, longer-lasting. Interesting. But... So, yeah, the, these projects, I guess, have become these little experiments of, like, let's try this philosophy out. Let's see how this works. Does, does that stem, cool. stem a lot from maybe, like, you obviously have an interest in psychology, mm-hmm. um, going to school for it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you read a lot about different um, philosophies, beliefs, and different systems to kind of, I don't know, I mean, you mentioned growing up in church and mm-hmm. stuff like that, so you obviously have kind of a broad knowledge of all sorts of different beliefs. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you kind of, uh, do you go to church? Not anymore. Not anymore. But I still have a, my own, everything's kind of my, my personal version of it, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. I have my personal relationship with God. Um, I guess I would consider myself spiritual through the lens of Christianity, because that's that's that was my introduction. Gotcha. You know. Yeah. So that's that's a lens that I see everything through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when I hear like <clears throat> stoicism, because I, I I went down that like road reading all about the the different Stoics throughout time mm-hmm. and and all those things, and I almost felt guilty because there isn't like God in in that per mm-hmm. se. It's more about like it's it's conquering yourself. And yeah. it's conquering yeah. your um uh it's it's understanding that you're 
your morality and mm-hmm. or not your you you will die someday essentially yeah. and you need to forget possessions you need to forget all these useless worldly yeah. things and mm-hmm. just focus on being essentially um for lack of a better word like a good person yeah it's kind of what i took from it yeah and and, um so it's like i felt bad kind of going down that that road when my parents grew up very or Mm -hmm. raised me very religious and i'm like there's not a lot of like jesus talk in here at all this is more about like turning the lens on myself and being Mm -hmm. like the best version i can well um granted i think a lot of people look at stoicism as being unemotional which Mm. is not that's not true. Not true. Yeah. It's just, it's not, um, I sh- I sh- it's maybe not just showing it as much as people do typically. But Yeah, I think it's seeking the ma- master. You master yourself. Ma- yeah, it's a yeah. mastery sort of tool. But yeah, I think I have a tug of war with that. Because I think that, um, like I said, the lens in which I view everything, or my in in which I approach spirituality mm-hmm. is through Christianity. Um, but that's not the basis of everything. Cause like I'm I'm a queer man. So there's already things that are already kind of like, all right, well, does this agree with this? I don't know. Right. You know? Yeah. Um if you ask my dad, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. But it's pretty black and white for them. Yeah. yeah. Yep, same. But I uh I just, for me, it it was a tool to kind of make sense of the world that I was in, especially dealing with mental health issues and all this stuff, like depression and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I make sense of this world? And there's a ton of people that have really thought about it. They spent their whole life thinking about life. You I know. know? How yeah. awesome. I mean, <laughs> realistically, like, you think about it 2,000 years ago, mm-hmm. and it's like you woke up. You went to school to read as much as you could, and mm-hmm. then your your profession was to sit and contemplate <laughs> yeah, why right. people did things right. or, like, what is this that we're doing? Yeah. I'm like, what an interesting job that yeah. would be. Yeah. It's like come up with, like, a paragraph and, like, oh, well, yeah. good job today, Stephen. Uh, yeah. The world's right. crazy. All right, my work here is done yeah. today, yeah. you know, but. And I think some of the stuff is, like, wow, y'all are going pretty hard. Like, do you have a life? I don't know. Yeah. But, like, I do, like I said, I didn't have much to go off of, of mm-hmm. just, like, making sense of stuff. Sure. And some of the stuff, maybe it just will never make sense. But, like, mm-hmm. I think it's worth trying. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, there's a bit of, like, damn, I don't know. Like, that whole thing I, I said about, like, how suicide could be an aspect of stoicism. Right. Like, that's a hard thing to read or let alone accept or see in an objective way. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy. Like, it's kind of interesting to think that people have thought about literally every aspect. It's almost like, I feel like it kind of supports the whole, uh, what is that? That this, that it's a simulation oh, or whatever. Yeah. Right, right. Simulation like, I, theory. I feel like, I feel like philosophy makes things more like a video game. Cause it's like, Oh, you could choose this and, yeah. Like I don't know, but everybody else is just NPC. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm trying to come. If I could, I would make a melting pot or gumbo of every like mm-hmm. religion and philosophy and sure. all that stuff, and pick what works for me 
and just try to get the fuck through this thing oh, we yeah. call start, life. Start your own cult religion. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's where we're headed. We're <laughs> we're thinking about a cult. Uh, <laughs> it just seems like the next step. There you realistically. go. Realistically, yeah. ever heard of Scientology? Yeah. yeah. The go fix yourself. Yeah. Cult. Yeah. yeah they're gonna be wearing our leggings. Obviously. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. how you know. And so. Yeah, it should uh, be interesting, but mm-hmm. yeah, we obviously got into it pretty heavily with Nick, mm-hmm. um, and, and it sounds like you guys have done podcasts together mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We talked a lot about his his upbringing and, and religion in general, mm-hmm. and it was just in it was so funny because we kind of East Coast. Um, I grew up in Alaska, and Nick was where when he was a kid. I Atlanta. Yeah, he's Atlanta. East Coast. Yes, and so you were upper. Sort of. So like all three of us were at like three different points in the country, and it felt like all of our stories growing up could have mm-hmm. been like interchanged with each yeah. other, being like, "This with is the, how we grew up." Faith, yeah, well, right. Mm-hmm. This is how we grew up in the church, and this is kind of like where we stopped being like, "Hey, this kind of." I have questions, and I'm not mm-hmm. getting answers yep. that I want or feel kinda like early suffice. 20s. Yeah, yeah. And it's like we met in the same place and we had the same exact experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that led us to like an hour and a half talk about, you know, right. just that. And so it's it's interesting how we're all looking for something and and the spiritual I, I would say that we're both very spiritual mm-hmm. still trying to figure out like what is this life? What uh what are we here for and what's the meaning of it all? And it sounds like everybody truly is at the end of the day if they yeah. they turn that lens on themselves and kind of what are, what are we doing here you know like th- yeah yeah and I even think like I'm just now I think through my um, Christian I hate saying the word trauma because I was talking about this to someone the other day and I was like oh yeah my Christian trauma like that's why I do this and then like the, the person I was talking to like they've had serious trauma and they were like mm-hmm. well what do you mean what kind of trauma you got going on mm-hmm. and I was like oh shit my trauma's worse <laughs> yeah it's yeah like, I don't I yeah don't, but I don't so like I, I don't I think like that's that not fair. I agree that's yeah. why I, I was saying that tongue in cheek because it is like just because yeah. you experience it differently or whatever yeah. it can still be traumatic well, yeah. you know yeah, exactly I mean yeah I, I, my my definition of trauma is like anything that like you learned and then or has happened to you and then like has affected who you are today mm-hmm. right so i feel like that that and you know in a negative way um but like because of that i feel like the word spiritual like even having a sp- like spiritual side i was like no thank you yeah you're like Ugh. for the longest time i was oh, like that's yeah. the devil absolutely not yeah. like oh, i'm man. just going to you know i'm going to i even- was very like uh if you know if really anything to take the word hedonism, like I was really just being like, Oh, drinking on the weekends and partying mm-hmm. and partying mm-hmm. and partying. Like I was just like looking for that next thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like, I think it hasn't been until like recently where I'm like, Oh, I am a spiritual person. Like mm-hmm. I do believe like that there's a higher being and mm-hmm. I do believe, you know, we're in a simulation theory. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, I did get sucked up into the simulation theory, uh, thing not too long ago i was like oh my gosh we're all living in a computer simulation but Um, even like even in my hedonistic phase i felt like i was searching for something you know i and And yeah and you found it do you think that's just human human nature like i just feel like if you really put on the like um the searching hat like no matter where you are even in if you Let's just let's take a, a Christian for an example. Mm-hmm. Like you don't just like stop being 
um, a Christian, you, you get saved. You don't just stop and start being stagnant. You still have to you grow as a, yeah. like you're searching seeking. for more answers. Yeah. Why would you read the Bible again? Like right. a lot of, or like, right. Right. well, and that's, I think well, I can't remember what they call it right now, but like a lot of people believe that if you aren't growing in your faith and Christianity specifically, you're, you're not going to go to heaven. Oh, so you have to be growing. And so that there's, I can't remember there's a word for it, but there, that that's is that, stressful. that is a, be a grower, right? be a grower, not a shower. That's <laughs> yeah. what I, right? I think that's what they say. <laughs> Don't just be that's a show. Yeah. That's, that's what, what I'm going to wear to church. Be a grower, yeah. not a shower. And who decides, <laughs> and who decides that? Exactly. You know, and like when, when is like, is there like a line you cross when you're like, I've learned enough. I've passed the test. Like. There is no line, and it's like you have to consistently. I think it was like Francis Chan actually that was like, you know, if you're not growing in your faith, I'm paraphrasing, mm -hmm. but if you're not growing in your faith, you're not going to get into heaven. And it's like, whoa, like another thing mm -hmm. I have to do? Like, mm -hmm. come on. And right. so I think with like Christianity, there are still a lot of principles. Like, we had Elise Marie on here, mm -hmm. uh, and she was like, there's a lot of things in the Christian faith that I love mm -hmm. community, fellowship. Um, you know, even like uh, living a good life, right? And there, there was other principles yeah. she said. Help your neighbor. And, and yeah. people striving to be good people, like those are the people that are going to like pull over and like yeah. good help Samaritan you style. if you have a flat tire yeah. and like buy you a meal. It yep. gets toxic when it's like I'm coming out on Facebook and then hundreds of comments of support. And then at the very bottom, my dad's like, Yo ass is gonna go to hell, and then, every, oh, and then every, everyone's like, "Uh, what? Your dad? Your dad? Yeah, that? same name as me. Just like, uh, oh man, that's uh." And then I have to be like, "Yo, everybody, chill, because that's my dad." Yeah, because yeah. you know, yeah. Anchorage everybody me, starts. Yeah, you know, Anchorage was ready to go <laughs> off, and I was like, "Yo, you like you go down to like dad. the uh, the reaction, and then you do like the ha ha reaction, <laughs> dude." Yeah, like I <laughs> can laugh do? at it because I'm like I'm yeah. already there, you know, like. But yeah, that those things intense. happen, yeah. and and it's so funny. Like I used to get judged by people in different church groups or whatever because like so i i did this opera in drag this broke my heart because i did this opera i was wearing a wig but i was like very excited you about did the job opera like you can yeah. sing opera yeah damn dude so I, I did hansel and gretel at uaa and i was the witch and i was pretty hurt because like and i love i love my cousin to death um but she just did not want to come. She didn't want to come, and it was mm. had to have been a moral stance. Gotcha. Mind you, though, I think, like, the year later, uh, Tyler Perry had his, like, I'm, this is the final time I'm doing Medea. Uh, oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they went to go see Medea. <laughs> double standard. And for people that yeah, don't double, know double what Medea is, it's Tyler Perry in a dress. So, and, and it was just that, like, at that point I hadn't come out or anything. So it was just like, damn. Uh, so they really, they wouldn't come out to see you because you were dressed as a witch. But yeah. it was an empty thing. And that's what I'm saying. There's a uh, lot of empty policing that happens because yeah. it makes people feel better about themselves and their lives. Interesting. And, yeah, um, yeah, that makes sense. like, and, and I'm like, so what's. That that is one of the things that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth because I'm like, damn! Like, at the end of the day, you should still love me. This this thing, this religion or whatever, 
can pull families apart just because of mm-hmm. for sure someone mm-hmm. trying to be who they are. Did yep. you know? Did you guys ever talk about it after? If she hears this podcast, she'll know us. What's up? Yeah. No. I'd be, but, yeah. What's up? What's I mean, up? well, I kind of took it as like, especially like this is still a very, um, I was in a very Christian dominated circle and world and my family is still very um devout i'd say and so i didn't even feel like it was my place to try to bring up that argument Mm. okay yeah yeah um because sometimes that stuff transcends transcends reason (laughs) you know like it's just the way it is and so i my thing my personal mantra is just to live my life to the fullest Mm-hmm. And give p- people permission to, you know? Yeah. And so, like, maybe through me, um, they might give themselves some more grace. Like, seeing, like, okay. I love that. Like, Ed was able to do all this, and he got judged even by me. And I may have my own stuff that I'm not sharing with anyone. Yeah. Like, maybe that'll give me some peace of mind to start living yeah, my truth kind of kill them with kindness and i think over time with some people that did happen yeah you know um but it's hard because yeah. like there's it's very complex because with church there's community there's family there's tradition there's all these layers of things so if you're trying to dismantle that or go against the grain that could that could be catastrophic for some people. Sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I I went to churches where, like, if people got pregnant or whatever, they would get sat down. Like, they weren't able to, like, minister anymore. They weren't oh, yeah. able to, like, sing or perform. You got kicked out of my school. Yeah, you know, uh, that's rough. Yeah. And so that's how people just start keeping secrets. And, yep. and it gets more toxic. I don't think it actually helps everyone. Mm-hmm. So that was my thing is just like be 100% who you are. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I I think there's a lot of things with like, I think, you know, there's probably a lot of similarities with our upbringings, Mm -hmm. you know, that we we haven't talked about. But I feel like there's a lot of things that when we finally like started uh, for me personally, when I finally started was like, oh, let me take a step back and like look mm-hmm. at the bigger picture. I was like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. Right. I don't like this. So it was a lot of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Or a lot of like people getting, you know, pushed down or kicked out of school or whatever, just because of like, that doesn't seem right. Like the whole, I think the whole thing about Christianity, or at least that we should be following, is just like love everybody regardless of anything. E-L-E. And they're not the no one is the judge. We right. they they agree in the Bible that if like if that's the metric we're going off of, if mm-hmm. we're accepting that, then we get judged af, like after this life, you know. Yeah. And so not during. Yeah, not during. And I'm like, y'all, mind your own business. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and so um there's just too many I hate. I, I just hated the inconsistencies. Yeah. I hated the hypocrisy. I I hated the policing, yeah. I guess, is the best. Like, I think it was a way... I feel like religion can be used as a vehicle to control large groups of people with very little effort. Mm. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think mean, that it's it's perpetuates... 
because we can do it amongst each other. Yeah. You know? And oh, yeah. so you don't have to teach a ton of people how to be good people. You can just do this catch-all thing, and everyone's just adding in their little rules. Oh, yeah, by the way, this don't do that either. Yeah. Like, dang it. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. Dang it. Like, I, I, I think about that in the in, in more in the broader spectrum of just life is like sometimes mm-hmm. I find myself wishing like life was so much easier mm. and simpler mm-hmm. and all those things. But then like I also kind of like always go to back to that like JFK quote where it's just like don't pray for easier lives, pray to be stronger men or something to that extent. Mm-hmm. And because I'm always as a dad now, like I'm teaching the kids like because every Kids are just a lens of, like, they want everything now. They want everything easy, anything hard. Never even try. That's mm. how I live my life, too. Right. And it's like, that ma- that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that is not life. Mm. And, and you are setting yourself up for a very difficult life if mm. you want or expect things to be easy. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you have hardships or difficulties in mm-hmm. life, which one million percent you will. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are not a strong person, and that can be taken a million different ways, mm-hmm. um, life is going to be a struggle. Right. And so that's what I kind of have to remind myself, and, and I'm sure you do too, going kind of down that Stoke route, is that life is not really made to be easy or simple. Like Hell no. Nah. Right. And so the stronger you kind of build yourself up and re- the resilience and just the ability to deal with hardships, mm-hmm. like, the stronger you're going to be down the road. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like, what I kind of is the thing that helps me sleep at night is like, if I do have rough days, be like, it's making me stronger. I will be stronger out of this at the end of the day, as long as I don't give up. And sometimes the strength is in like resilience. Oh yeah. There's a million ways to show strength and it's not always power. Yeah. It's not always like the traditional sense of being physically strong Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Sometimes silence is power. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many ways and you just kind of have to figure out which one yeah. it is for you at that time because yeah. it will change. It could just be your ability to get back up. Yeah. And that's where I think kids have the advantage. They just are like, right. Oh, oops, I fell. Bonk. Yeah. Oh. And so that's why they're like the best learners. Uh, it, you know? It's true. And so like, um, yeah, I agree. And I think like with all that that I've said, I think that's part of the – religious aspects of stuff which is the like more what's a good word that's where all the traditions and all that stuff gets infused into um faith Mm -hmm. and i'd say like faith is a different thing and i think my faith has really sustained me and got me through a lot of tough times i think faith can be an aspect of stoicism and all that like um just knowing that like rough times are they pass yeah they're inevitable and they pass yeah you know um and so like there's a lot of good that it has done as well like you know my upbringing and everything and so i'm trying to get back to i'm trying to just like nitpick i guess Mm -hmm. and and find the parts that really brought me joy the parts that helped me believe in the goodness of people Mm -hmm. the parts that made me want to be good the parts that made me more resilient the parts that made me believe that like it takes faith to even want to be an artist Mm -hmm. even you know even if you don't believe or whatever there's a level of like people call it manifestation or whatever i see these all as 
um, synonyms for this for similar things. Right. Mm. So whether it's manifestation or calling on the universe or faith, I think it takes this mental um, clarity of thought and and um, to to materialize something that you want that yeah. you dream of, you know, and mm. so. It, for me, my spirituality is now about, like, just kind of, like, finding those patterns and those tenets and, like, all of the different practices. And, like, yeah, I feel like if they're saying that. them in every one, every book, yep. that might be the yep. one. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like Finding the common thread. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. yeah. But that might be super basic. But. Hey. I, th- I, I Well, here, here's what I say, too. Like, and we don't, I don't ever like to, you know. I talk bad about any religion mm-hmm. or any faith, um, right. you know, uh, just because I feel like if it gives you hope, mm-hmm. if that's like something that like gets you up out of the morning, like in the morning, like awesome. Right. Like I am not going to mm-hmm. speak bad about that. Basically. I mean, like when we talk about stuff, it's like coming from our own personal experiences. Right? Exactly. We're not, we're not saying like what people should do or shouldn't do. It's like, this is, this is what we've found out mm-hmm. that works for us. And so I feel like if that is, you know, like going over here and grabbing this and going over mm-hmm. here and grabbing this, because I feel like that's, you know, I, I read Alan Moore and Ram Das, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. Like I had spiritual experience reading mm-hmm. those guys mm-hmm. than I ever had, like listening in a sermon mm-hmm. in, in church. Um, and so, like, I feel like, yeah, pick and choose if that's what you want to do, if that's what gives you hope, if that's what gets you up in the morning. Absolutely. Go for it. Right. Like, we never like to, like talk bad about what people are you know yeah we enjoying for their lives yeah you do you exactly i'm not gonna hit on y'all yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, westboro baptist though you know they can i think i think there's a lot of people that like well there's a lot of people that don't represent uh, you know, yeah. Christianity. Oh, well, a hundred percent. Kanye that's... West is out here wilding right yeah. now. Oh, he what is, is going, and then on? it's always under the name of Christianity. So yeah. I'm like, those. So these people, they don't really, yeah, give it the best representation. Well, I think that, but that's not all. That's not all the people. No, there's 100%. very beautiful people, and there's yeah. people that pray for me, and I, you know, I want that prayer. Yeah. You yeah. know, I would say like when we talk about Christian trauma, <clears throat> we we are talking about people that have kind of bastardized the the religion, yeah, right. and and weren't doing what the true right the true heart of 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 Christianity is, and so that's why I think a lot of people feel like we're a little jaded, is because maybe we had too many people in our lives that weren't doing it the right they were kanye you know right. they were Kanye. <laughs> they were just doing it wrong yeah but it's i don't even think it's fair to call you jaded i don't yeah. i don't even think you need to really do a disclaimer yeah but i get it <laughs> yeah. i get yeah. it because like but like Christians know which ones in their church be wilding and, and going, going to the highways yeah. and byways just to judge people. Yeah. And it's like, how they can know. you judge? And and I think there's a verse about, like, if you, what is it? Like, yeah, exactly, right? Before you remove the splinter in your neighbor's eye, remove the log from your eye. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Really paraphrase. Good. That was really good. Though. Basically, yeah, yeah, we get it. before you try to get rid of the tiny piece of wood, yeah. get rid of the giant one in your yeah, eye yeah, or whatever. Eye, yeah, and yeah. so, like, yeah. I Or judge not, lest I feel you be judged. 
<laughs> I yeah. feel I felt that in my soul. Don't yeah. look out, look in. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember that in the Bible. I just I just came up with it. That's why. <laughs> but yeah, there it's I think our, in my music our, there's our a ton of contradictions with that because like at the end of stoicism there is this very powerful prayer moment um but in the beginning i'm talking about like fucking and sucking you know and like <laughs> all that stuff and like i think it's my duty to be a entire a whole human being mm-hmm. and i think once we join certain groups and stuff even like as a queer male um like being a part of those communities, I feel like I may have to assimilate in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be mindful of that because I don't really want to assimilate. I just want to be me. Be you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean. You do you. Yeah. You do you. Yeah. First Stevens. But that's uh, hard. 314. <laughs> right? <laughs> you do you. That'll be uh, that'll be in our cult Bible. Yeah, yeah. If you right. wildin', just do you. <laughs> you <know? Right. laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. You know, not to kind of like derail us or anything, <laughs> but we've taken up a lot of your time as it is. Uh, let's talk about really quick. You you know you, you got a project coming out, mm-hmm. but what's what's next? You know what what are you shooting for? The dreams um, coming up next, the tours, the shows. You look forward to <laughs> the tours. Uh, you playing MSG next month? I think. Yeah, right? I'm playing Rolling Loud and uh, uh, and I think Wembley was on that list. I saw on social media. <laughs> I'll tell the wife. Yeah. <laughs> We're coming. Um so I I may be doing a show at Studio C for first Friday next month. Okay. And I think that's gonna be an acoustic set. But as far as performing, we're we're in like uh writing mode and just I did release a project, so or I'm going to release a project, and that's going to be on two Fridays from now, which I want to say is the 28th. That'll, so that'll be uh, before this podcast drops. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. 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 And so hedonism will Go be check out. It out. Yeah. Um, and so I may do some performing, or maybe like a listening party or something for that. Hell yeah. But um, let us know. Yeah. Kyle said he wants to get out there. I need another date night. Yeah. yeah. Come yeah. hang out. Yeah. yeah. It should be fun. Yeah. Do it. I like- have. I have 74 minutes. Let's make this happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's here. Push play. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. Well, we're very uh, excited. Oh, actually, before we, you know, move on to the end, uh, where can people find you? Where can people learn more about you? Uh, so if this you- is your time to plug. Okay, so if you look up Ed Washington, pretty much on any digital streaming platform, so that's Apple Music, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, Tidal, Deezer. There's like a billion. Does anybody even use Tidal or Diesel? Somebody does. Yeah, man. And that'll give me like 10 times the amount of streams. So that one person needs to be, if you're out there, stream my music. Um, so yeah, look up Ed Washington on pretty much everything. Yeah. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm there. Uh, YouTube. That, w- that was going to be the thing I said that we're working on is just getting more visuals. Cool. And, um, just trying to introduce, like now I have a big ass catalog, but a lot of that stuff hasn't been represented visually. Oh, cool. Mm. I so, love that. So that's the next sort of that's the, winner, that's the winner project yeah yeah i dig it 
being an indie artist, none of this shit is uh, in order at all for me. <laughs> Doesn't need to be. Yeah. Yeah. You do you, baby. It's you a two-person team. Stephalonians. Uh, <laughs> I like Stephen 316. Or yeah, something. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do you. Yeah. You do you. Uh, well, thank you, man. Thank you for taking the time uh, yeah. and talking to us and, you know, going deep. You know, we went real deep uh, into some theology, into some stoicism and philosophy. So... Uh, thank you for taking the time. Thank man. you. Yeah, we appreciate you. you. We're stoked on what you're doing. I yeah. love your music. Thank uh, you. And of course, I I will never forget the first time I saw you. I was like, oh my gosh, the voice of an angel. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank the you. Voice of an angel. Yeah. No, thank you, dude. We appreciate you, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in. Kyle and Steven will be back with a new episode next week. In the meantime, check out GoFixYourselfPodcast.com. And remember to always go fix yourself.